Welcome aboard and buckle up. You're now listening to Shift Happens with Jim Milloway. Now, let's dive in, go deep, share ideas, and take a good look at what we in the benefits industry can do to accelerate the shift to the member-first economy. And now, live from Zero Studios, your host, the more infamous than famous, Jim Milloway. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Shift Happens with me, Jim Milloway. This is an in-depth look at what we in the benefits industry can do to accelerate the shift to the member-first economy. It's an involved mindset, right, that uses modern approaches, customer delight, data analytics, and the best possible experience to shift this industry to where it needs to be. My name is Jim Milloway. I'm the CEO of the Zero Card, and I'll be your host. You know, I'm really excited about our special guest today, Dr. Clint Flanagan, who's a longtime industry leader and a huge advocate for the shift we're going to be talking about today. Dr. Flanagan is not only a healthcare visionary, he's been a fixture in Colorado HealthClear for nearly 20 years. In 2019, he was named to the top 20 who's who in direct primary care. Uh, in the U.S., he regularly contributes to policy discussions at the state and federal level to ensure physicians and healthcare providers have ample opportunity to deliver high-quality, affordable, and accessible care to not only families, but also employers. Uh, today, Dr. Flanagan is also founder and CEO of Nextera Healthcare and North Vista Medical Center. Nextera Healthcare is Colorado's first direct primary care program. And Nextera members are assessed an affordable monthly membership fee for unlimited office visits and virtual consultations with physicians at North Vista Medical Center and affiliated practices. Couldn't be more excited uh, to welcome Dr. Flanagan in the show. So welcome, doctor. Let's get started. Thanks so much, Jim. Very much looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah, it, it'll be fun, you know, and... You know, we've known each other for a while. We've always had great conversations, and so I'm excited to have it, you know, in a much more public forum. Before we dig into kind of the broad kind of categories we're going to talk about, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am uh, uh, first off a dad and a husband. been married for over 20 years and have three kids, and I've been a physician for about 20 years now, uh, most of that here in Colorado did training in Nebraska and then came out to Colorado for my residency. And in addition to doing family medicine uh, and board certified in family medicine, I also uh, spent about 15 years uh, working in emergency rooms here in Colorado and kind of retired from that here a few years ago. And through those uh, different experiences, uh, as a, a physician, and this is years ago, really felt that there were too many barriers to the patient-physician relationship and said, gosh, uh, Let's try this a couple of different ways. And we tried a few different ways. Number one, I was um, employed at a multi-specialty group. Number two, worked for a large healthcare system. Number three, I owned my own fee-for-service practices. And then through all that, uh, was continuing to work in the emergency room and just kept seeing a lot of visits with patients that uh, couldn't get in to see a primary care doctor or they had too uh, much of a... a busy schedule in the primary care office that they were turfed to the emergency room. Uh, so it just got me to thinking, gosh, we need to do primary care a different way. And that's where I said, why don't we just move to something super simple like Netflix and charge a simple monthly fee. So that's how things got started with Nextera years ago. Uh, and I found some colleagues across the country that were doing similar things and they called it direct primary care. So that's uh, when we start calling ourselves direct primary care. And very early on, I wanted to take care of individuals, families, wanted to take care of small businesses. 
Uh, and uh, that's what, uh, that's where our roots were, I guess I, I would say. And, and that's how we got started. And now we're up around 70 some clinics across eight states and about 80% of our members are employers. And I like to say we're actually doctors that like our jobs and we're having a lot of fun. <laughs> I love that. Hey, before we get started, tell, cause you told me at the beginning for the people that, that don't recognize us, tell us what we're looking at in your background right now. Now this is uh, where I live. This is Lomont, Colorado. Uh, and right behind us, I think about right there, uh, is uh, Long's Peak. So some of you may be familiar, have been to Estes Park, uh, Long's Peak and Mount Meeker. Uh, and then that's uh, Lake Millivec right here in Lomont, Colorado. Perfect. So I had to up my virtual background game when I saw yours. And so I tried to get a cool outdoor one. So for the people not familiar with Oklahoma, and our chief medical officer, Dr. Schwartz, I think is one of the attendees. So this place is very near and dear to his heart. Uh, but this is the Tallgrass Prairie Preserve. So this is about an hour north of Tall, uh, and the Prairie Preserve is the largest uh, Tallgrass Prairie Preserve in the world. So about 40,000 acres, and there's there's something like close to 3,000 free-range bison. So I felt like I had to up my outdoor virtual background game. So thanks for thanks for forcing me there. Yeah, yeah, we got to spice these uh, Zoom and uh, go to meetings <laughs> up a little bit, you know. Yeah. What, what's astonishing to me is if you can see like. I don't know if I can, how well I can point to it, but at the bottom of this tree that looks like it's the lone tree in the program, it looks like there's an electrical outlet. So evidently you can run Christmas lights out there if you need to. Uh, but hey, thanks for joining. So I want to talk about some broad categories. This is certainly meant to be, you know, much more of a conversation and interview. We'll get, uh, I'll be able to see the Q&A from the attendees and I'll let you know who it's coming from and when we have those. But to start, you know, you mentioned direct primary care. You've got a little bit of a different flavor of that that you call advanced primary care. So tell us what advanced primary care is and also tell us why advanced primary care is so important. Yeah, great question. And so, you know, if you just think about it in general, uh, your primary care physician can do about 80 to 90% of what a person needs in healthcare. The problem is access. Uh, problem is convenience. You know, the problem is just being able to reach out to your doctor through 21st century technology, texting him, calling him, emailing him, right? And, uh, and as physicians, you know, years of being in a fee-for-service insurance-based model didn't really allow for that. Like pre-COVID, uh, United, Anthem, Met, the Blue Cross uh, didn't really allow, you know, they kind of said, hey, you got to come in as a patient to the doctor's office to, be, to have a visit. And so those visits were very transactional. We would bill for them, code for them. That's how the revenue came in and just kind of felt weird. You know, like we like to say a lot, a lot of us in medical school, getting into medical school, we didn't really write about that in our medical school essays that we wanted to build and code and, and step through these hoops to see patients. So advanced primary care in short allows for those things to happen uh, and allows for those things to happen in a totally different business model, which is a monthly membership model versus a fee-for-service insurance-based model. Uh, and, and we could definitely dive deeper than that, but that's just in, in, sim in a simple lane. Uh, you're, you're getting access uh, to your doctor in a way that the existing system doesn't allow. Yeah. So why is this so important, not only for employers to understand, but why is this so important for employees in terms of access to, to be living in this different model of primary care, advanced primary care? Yeah, so, you know, think of it, uh, how many uh, of you as an employee or employer are happy with your existing healthcare benefit? Uh, 
Uh, and then how many of you are happy with the spend, right? We, we've been asking those two questions for years as we meet with employees and employers. And usually the answer is, no, I'm not that happy. It's kind of clunky. Like I can't get in. It takes me a week or two or it takes me a month to get in for a checkup. I can't take my kid in for a acute fever. I don't really have much of a relationship with my doctor. I spend more time waiting in the lobby than I do seeing my physician. Uh, and then I, I get a bill. You know, if I've got a deductible plan, I get this $200 bill. There's just a lot of uh, clunkiness, I guess I would say, to that fee-for-service model that you don't see in advanced primary care. And our version of that is direct primary care. And when you start to have that kind of access to the physician that is really, if you think about the different physicians out there, we're the the, the lowest cost physician that could do most things. The challenge is access to us. Uh, and, and in the traditional model, those, those patients, those uh, doctors are seeing about 30 some patients per day versus an advanced primary care model, it's maybe 10 patients to 12 patients per day. And those docs maybe have about a panel of 500 to 1,000 patients versus uh, 2,000 to 3,000 patients that you see in the fee-for-service model. So you're able to spend more time with your doctor. And when you're able to spend more time, you can get into things like diabetes and high blood pressure and obesity and depression and really spend some time and have a relationship with your doctor. That relationship builds trust. And then he or she is your go-to person, right? Versus having the urgent care or the ER or uh, some tele-type uh, physician service that you're not, you know, that you're not too familiar with or don't have a relationship and not willing to talk to that doctor about, uh, let's say that the many things that you want to get into about your health and wellness. Uh, so, so that advanced primary care relationship allows, I'm sorry, uh, model allows for a relationship. It's built on a different business model than the existing. And when you have that kind of access, what happens is you have less high dollar downstream claims, less ER visits, less urgent care visits, less elective imaging, less elective procedures, uh, less, chan less details with regards to inpatient stay, so it really affects those high dollar downstream claims. And what I mean specifically by that is we have data showing we can help decrease those claims by about 25 to 40%. And that's a big deal. Yeah, that is. Hey, you know, we've talked a little bit about fee for service. Let me ask you in the reality of COVID-19. So what's COVID taught us about the problems with fee for service uh, primary care? And do you think COVID has, has COVID so exposed fee-for-service that it's, it's just abundantly clear we have to run from it as fast as we can? Yeah, yeah, that, boy, boy, nothing to test a business model like a pandemic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and if you think about it, in the fee-for-service primary care model, those, the revenue is based on seeing patients face-to-face. -face. So if you own a fee-for-service practice, uh, let's say as a physician, and you're seeing 50 to 75% decrease in your revenue because you're not seeing patients face to face anymore. And then you've got payers, uh, CMS or Bucas scrambling to say, okay, we'll pay for some telehealth visits, but then they're making it clunky. And, and you're really, maybe you're in a position where you have two to three money, two to, two to three months of, of revenue in the bank to pay staff uh, and doctors. And, and now you're seeing a 50 to 75% decrease in your revenues you know, that really puts your business in a very challenging place, kind of like we've seen with restaurants in the area, right? You contrast that with the advanced primary care model, like direct primary care, where we are, our revenues are coming through a monthly membership fee and hardly any members, be they employers or um, just individuals or families have stopped that membership. 
So the revenue streams are steady. That, that allows you to continue to pay your nurses and MAs. You don't have to lay off your physicians. And, and I can tell you, uh, you know, many of us in the, in the direct primary care world are already aware of this, but COVID has really tested those fee-for-service practices. And for those that were kind of, let's just say, at the edge of the cliff, I would say that COVID is pushing them over. And there's some good data out of the Patient Center Primary Care Collaborative saying about one in five or so primary care practices are, are closing or, going to, or, or are closed. Uh, so that, that is really just catastrophic for the United States. You need to have access to that primary care doctor. Uh, and and uh, COVID has really exposed even further the, the challenges that fee-for-service model. You know, it's interesting, right? So if you, if, if you look at the, you know, in terms of an employer or an employee, right, like the moral hazard of the economic, you know, dangers of fee-for-service is you're just paying for volume, right, irregardless of what the value of that is. And it's, it, it's been so interesting for me to kind of watch from the outside, you know, these fee-for-service primary care practices in a pandemic versus advanced primary care practice. It's fascinating to see that because at the birth of Nextera Healthcare, you decided we're going to focus on the member first, right? Like, what does the patient need access to? What kind of support, right? And the whole idea of this, you know, these discussions we have on Shift Happens is how we shift to this member first healthcare economy. And because you focused all your efforts on the member, you were essentially pandemic proof, right? You, you, you know, you certainly had a lot of things to do, but, but that's a wonderful story. And, it, and it's incredible to see that playing out, right? And saying, you know, the Clint Flanagan's of the world and the next terrors at Health Club, like they were well positioned for this because for the first time ever, employees had all kinds of new demands and different types of demands and you were already set up to deliver it. You know, that, that's now a concept, right, Jim? Like, let's focus on our customer or let's focus on our member, right? Uh, you know, I say that we're patients, but we don't call them patients, we call them members. And, uh, you know, that's, for, for many of, of us physicians, that's the whole idea, right? We want to take care of people. And you spend all this time, years and years in med school, years in residency, and then you come out and you're like, boy, the, the challenge here is actually the model, the business model. It's the only model like that in the world. It is really challenging, right? And so, so uh, a number of us, you know, who better to create solutions than people on the front lines that see the problems? And, and, and over 10 years ago here in Colorado, we, we were very aware of the problems. And we kind of hoped that the Affordable Care Act would create some solutions, but, but what it did is uh, kind of indirectly, it actually accelerated growth for what we're doing. Uh, and you know, remember, people kind of have this fallacy that, you, that insurance card equals care. That is not the case. Those insurance cards are, you know, insurance in every other sector is used for catastrophe. You shouldn't be using your insurance card to see your low cost primary care doctor that could do most things, right? Like you don't use your state farm auto insurance to wash your car or change your tires or put windshield wipers on to do prevention and maintenance on your car. So think of it in that model, in that way, right? Like use your insurance. Insurance is important for cancer and heart attacks and strokes. But uh, with what we're doing advanced primary care, what you know, you don't need insurance for that. It's the average per member per month is around $70. So for that amount, you get access to that doctor that can do most things for you. And hopefully that insurance policy just sits on the shelf, just like your homeowner's insurance sits on yourself in case you have a fire, but you hopefully you don't ever use it, right? And so, you know, those are things that are really important. Just make it simple, care and coverage. 
And the challenge these days, if you look at PPO plans, they're $2,000 a month for a family of four like that. It's the second highest cost outside of payroll. And so employers are realizing this and saying, hey, you know, we're not going to stand for a 5%, 10%, 20% increase in premiums again this next year and not better care. We need to be getting better care uh, and we need to control this a bit better. And, and boy, you know, if anything, COVID has really put a lot, a shit a light on that. And, and we're seeing it as a catalyst to, to the growth of what we're doing. Okay. That's great. So I'm going to, so, so we've got a model right in advanced primary care that it's clear the employer, you know, it's a positive for the employer, right? It's, it's a positive for the employee, their spouse, the dependent, whoever accesses, it's a positive for the provider, right? Cause you're out of all the bureaucratic kind of stuff. But, you know, in anything, when we see big shifts in an industry, typically the legacy incumbents, right? Who often own market share, but are very often underperforming, like use a couple of different tactics to keep people, you know, to maintain status quo. And here's a question about that. And what, when I see these things, you know, I think about FUD. So FUD's the acronym that we use for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So if something makes sense and, and I don't want it to happen, I'm going to use all the tactics I can uh, from a FUD perspective. So here's, here's how a legacy model might introduce some FUD. And I'm curious what you're, so this is from Dr. Stan Schwartz. And he said, health systems, right, employ docs and have one EMR, right, for primary care and the specialists in the hospital share, right? And a large integrated health system would claim, right, to the employer, the next terrors of the world are going to go fragment that care, right? They operate independently. Like, how are they going to be integrated? So when someone comes back trying to introduce that level of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, how do you approach that to show that the care isn't fragmented? Yeah, uh, that, that's a uh, definitely a layered question, but let's just drill right, <laughs> down, drill right down to the electronic medical record front or the electronic health record front, right? Like if you think that that fancy uh, electronic medical record is going to get you the care that you need, you know, you never want to lead with a tech solution. You lead with a physician solution, right? Like do you have access to your physician? Uh, and um millions, uh, actually billions have been spent because we thought that this EMR was going to be a solution, right? And I'll tell you, we've been using EMRs for years, I'm very familiar with them, and they can definitely help with a variety of things and make our day more efficient. The challenge is with that existing fee-for-service system, physicians are uh, in a position where they're now just data entry specialists and they're pecking for payment. You know, click, click, click the box so I can bill a 99214 for Jenny uh, and, and get paid hopefully a month or two or three from now from the bucas. Like it is way too much clicking. Uh, a third of a physicians today can be that, right? So we're hell bent on making sure that our physicians, rather than pecking for payment and having their faces down their computers, are looking at the patient. And, and, and then uh, from that, we definitely think it's very important to have a great tech stack to support that. Uh, and, and we see the evolution of uh, what we do in primary care of rather than pecking for payment and all this type of detail is you take care of the patient, you, t you create a good note relate with relationship to that. And we can still speak to these systems. You know, in our, in Colorado here, we have a number of large healthcare systems we refer to for uh, whether it's elective procedures or whether you have a patient that goes into the ICU and then notes come back your way and we put that in our electronic medical record, we can make that happen. Uh, just like, you know, in this day and age, people will switch from their Microsoft 365 account to their Gmail account to their Twitter account to, you know, people are used to switching. Uh, and 
and we don't want that tech to get in the way of the doctor-patient relationship. In fact, we use it as an enabler, and we have super cool um, HIPAA-secure telemedicine platforms that allow our patients to connect to us after 5 p.m. So the care uh, with what we do in advanced primary care does not just happen between 8 and 5. It's actually 24-7. So our patients are guaranteed uh, essentially virtual urgent care after 5 p.m. So they don't have to fall back on a teledoc or an AMWELL. They can actually fall back on the doctor they know and trust. And what we're able to do on that front, I'm sorry, our tech allows us to, to, to do that in a pretty cool manner. Uh, so, so uh, again, uh, we lead with a physician-patient relationship, not with, uh, hey, we have some fancy tech uh, to enable this patient relationship. Okay, so here's, we got another good question. I'll kind of tee it up for you uh, for a little bit. So a lot of what we're talking about is still this shift member first economy and how advanced primary care is just fundamentally different, right? To your point right there, I fall back on my doctor, not this third party vendor if it's eight o'clock at night. And so we're kind of looking at healthcare focused on the customer side versus healthcare focused on the factory side. And here's a good question. So he says, Dr. Flanagan, do you see this new approach, right? And this shift is, are we shifting from a paying to treat, right? Insurance, paying to stay healthy, you know, coaching and training. For example, our, our uh, attendee says, I know I'm not the healthiest person, but every time I see my PPP, it's all clear. PCP, it's all clear. I would prefer someone help guide me to be a healthier me but it seems like it's just bad practice for them because they're not, they're only getting paid to treatment. And I'm aware of the conflict of interest here. Yeah. Yeah. You, that uh, gentleman or, or female is spot on, right? We have a sick care system in America and people profit off it, right? Like we don't have really a healthcare system. We're spending about $4 trillion and we have a sick care system. And, and so, uh, a, you know, our mission at NextEra says two things. Number one, we want to make sure our members have a good experience. And number two, we want to help you get to optimal health. People say, why would you pay a monthly membership fee? I don't go to the doctor that often. I go, don't get sick. So again, this is a shift in the type of care that we provide. And we like to think of it like a gym membership, right? So people are used to coming to the doctor once a year, get their annual checkup, and then that's about it. They don't really have much of a relationship. They see their doctor maybe one to two times per year. In an advanced primary care model, you're having a touch or connecting with your doctor team five, six, seven, ten times per year at least, right? And now you have this relationship. And so we're not about just, hey, here's some Lipitor for your high cholesterol. We're about, hey, let's help you lose some weight. Let's help you stop heading to Taco Bell so often per week, right? Let's focus on nutrition and exercise and your emotional health. Uh, let's focus on your sleep. Uh, and let's talk about uh, your medical detail, right? So... Your, uh, that that uh, caller um, or viewer is spot on. And, and so what that allows for, you know, as I was telling the patient yesterday, we're, we're essentially kind of like your healthcare coach, right? With an MD after our name. Uh, and you're paying a monthly fee that's less than a Starbucks per day. So it's a, it's a pretty good deal. Oh, I love that. Hey, you know, when we think about this customer side and the factory side, you know, Amazon, as a, you know, as an entity is unapologetically the most customer centric company on earth, right? That's what Amazon lives to do. Now, if you and I were sellers on Amazon, right? It might it's not gonna be clunky, but there's gonna be a lot of rules, right? Because Amazon said, yeah, we're focused on the customer, right? We're not, we're not building a marketplace to focus on, on the sellers. And so, you know, that Amazon philosophy, right? Of being the most customer centric model, is it safe to say that advanced primary care is the most patient-centric model on earth? 
uh, obviously we have a bias uh, and we would say yes. You know, stack us, there, there may be some other solutions out there, but we're happy to stack up against anything. And, and again, we're 10 years into this. We've grown from a couple clinics in the Boulder County area to over 30 clinics here in Colorado, over 70 clinics across the country. And if you look at the common thread as you look at our next era healthcare community, um, we, uh, all the physicians that are in our community, uh, either A, are employed by physicians or they own their own practice, right? So very, very focused on that patient-physician relationship and, and the owner of these practices is essentially a physician, right? It's not uh, anything else than that. So, so we're pretty um, hell-bent on keeping it that way. And, and I think that translates all the way down to the member or the patient experience. And you mentioned Amazon. Uh, I'll tell you just uh, as an aside, they were uh, an early investor in direct primary care years ago with some colleagues of mine up in Seattle. And Amazon right now is down a pathway in Dallas to open up some DEC-like entities to serve uh, their employees. And then they've created, you know, with uh, the ABC, Amazon, Berkshire, Hathaway, and Chase, that they're down a pathway to try to figure out better primary care for the, their hundreds of thousands of employees. And, and when you start, you know, you don't have to create a no, your own playbook here. There are already entities that are serving employers. And to give you an idea on the value uh, that these direct primary care, advanced primary care entities provide. You know, I, I drilled value down to, is the member still paying for it? Uh, and in our case, maybe some percent of our members are employers. As you look at the transition from 2019 to 2020, 100% of our employers moved forward in 2020 with NextEra Healthcare. So if they thought that they weren't getting value, they could have stepped away. So I think that's one pretty simple way to look at, hey, do they think it's valuable? Uh, and, and again, their HR is reaching out to their employees. Uh, leadership is reaching out to HR and saying, hey, is this something that we want to continue in, uh, for the following year? And, and uh, once, once members experience advanced primary care, they're like, wow, this is way different than this other primary care that I was in before, and I'm not going back. Yeah, no, I love that. And you make me smile. So you, you talk about the Amazon investment years ago, right? So likely we're probably talking about what many might call the godfather of direct primary care and Garrison Bliss and the wonderful work that, that Eric and him did at Q-Lions, which was, which was a great story uh, back then. So as we're getting close, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm an advisor on the attendee panel today or I'm an employer on the attendee panel today, what's the one thing that I can go do right now and how do I go get started? So remember the words direct primary care. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, and, and if your benefit advisor is not talking to you about that, uh, especially now, right? Uh, boy, there, there's, there are solutions out there that can really help employers. Uh, and, um, and so that is, that is a simple step, right? Uh, the next step is then, okay, if I want to get a little more involved here, uh, how am I going to redesign my health benefit plan, right? If I have more than 50 employees or actually more than 100 or 200, why am I still fully insured? Why am I still doing that, right? Maybe I should move to level funded or if, gosh, if I'm bigger, if I'm more than four or 500, 600 employees, why, why am I fully insured? Maybe I should move to a, a self-funded lane, right? So that's where we get into the details. And, and you think of it just like in creating the house, right? You hire a general contractor and maybe one year you just review the literature. Next year, you redo the bathroom. 
or maybe one year, you actually just blow the house up and put a whole new house up, right? So, so we are familiar with all of those pathways at NextEra Healthcare, and, and fronting a plan, a coverage plan with direct primary care, you hardly ever go wrong there. And people are like, well, my gosh, it's $70 per member per month. Yeah, but remember, for the average employee, it's about $1,000 for the premium for a plan. So less than 10% of that plan premium is direct primary care. That can affect the total spend. Uh, so, so you really got to be thinking about what am I fronting the coverage plan with, whether you're a benefits advisor consultant or whether you are a employer. Uh, and, and if you guys are saying, well, it's, there's too much challenge, I've been hearing this, too much challenge with this whole COVID thing, we're just going to stay with the status quo. Be cautious there. My gosh, now is not the time to be, um, uh, as you're looking about uh, design for next year, cautious about what you want to do there. Now is more of the time to be courageous. Uh, so those are just some thoughts on that front. could definitely dive deeper, but uh, don't stay with the status quo is the short. Perfect. I love it. Hey, thanks so much. We're right at the time. You know, I hope this has certainly been useful and helpful and informative for everybody. I, I know it's been fun for me. I hope it's been fun for you, Doc. Uh, Dr. Flanagan, again, thank you so much for joining us. If anybody has questions, feel free to hit either one of us up on LinkedIn or Twitter just to let you know what's on uh, your mind. Everybody take care and let's get shift done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed Flying Zero Studios on our destination to Shift Happens with Jim Milloway. Be sure to subscribe and review our podcast. And don't forget to join us for each and every episode as we accelerate the shift to the member-first economy.